Ghosties. My name's Kaylin. And I'm Kayla. And this is Ghostie, the podcast where we discuss all things true crime and paranormal. Let's get into it. Hi, guys. So Hi. today we're discussing um, Elva Zona Heaster. Ooh, I know nothing about this person. She is the ghost who helps solve her own murder. Ooh. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. She girl boss. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back from yeah. our little break. Yes. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for your patience and your <laughs> kindness during this time. Yes. We're back. We're ready to go. Yes. We got this. <laughs> now we're going to talk so about Zona Elva. or yeah. Elva. Yeah. She goes by Zona apparently. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, Zona was born at the foot of Little Sewell Mountain in West Virginia, which is a few miles north of Meadow Bluff. She was the middle child with four brothers. Today, Greenbrier County still is far from the city, which is only got like 34,000 residents spread out over a thousand miles. So, it's mostly mountainous area with thick woods with valleys and streams. Hmm. Most people at the time farmed, even though it was rocky and steep, but people were still kind of able to live a life that way. Apparently in spring and autumn, it's beautiful, but the summers are so hot that they can bake you and the winter is basically trying to kill you with snow and ice. Ew. Yeah. So, Humid heat? Do you reckon? Do we reckon? Oh, yeah. It's, it's West Virginia. Okay. I mean, you are... I've never been to West Virginia. Oh, you would. It, you think the humid heat is bad here in Ohio. It will melt your skin off oh, no, in West I hate Virginia. That. It's I awful. I love a dry heat. That oh. I was born in a dry heat. Yeah. I will die in a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. So, death and disease was really common back then. People would wake up feeling a little sick, and then by the time they went to bed, they wouldn't wake up the next morning. So, super common for the locals to be just casually talking about it. And most of the time, infants didn't make it, and when diseases rolled through town, small children and the elderly were unfortunately hit really hard. Yeah. Yeah. In 1895, when Zona was about 21 or 22, she had a child out of wedlock, which is the horror. Yeah. Uh, she had it with a man named George Waldridge. And you know what I just realized? What? We are the, the podcast of the unwed mothers. That is true. We should we've have named Bessie, our podcast that. We've done Pearl. Yeah. And now Zona. Zona, yeah. <laughs> um, some articles said it was a drunk carriage ride that resulted Ooh. in her getting pregnant. Um, and George was very poor and couldn't support a wife, let alone a wife and child. And a lot of the times he said it wasn't his, which of course... He said that. (laughs) Okay, I already know where this is going. Basically. So back then, your family name meant everything. Mm -hmm. It meant if you needed, like, a loan for crops and had a good family name, you were granted one. So with Zona being beautiful and coming from a God-fearing family, her pregnancy um, out of wedlock could blacken her family name. There was nothing more about this in the articles I read, but from what I could gather, she went to stay with some distant family for a few months. Mm. And when she returned, she didn't have a child with her. No one knows what happened. Um, I guess a lot of people just didn't ask. Yeah. So we don't really have a lot on that. Fair. Um, Zona's mother, Mary Jane Heaster, was a God-fearing and strong-willed woman. She figured if she could marry Zona off, it could really help the family. Because if Zona did keep the baby, it would be another mouth to feed and a lot more work for the family that was already barely making ends meet. Mm. Enter erasmus stripling shoe oh erasmus erasmus but he went shoe shoe s-h-u-e like mr schuster <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but he went by trout <laughs> he really did erasmus stribbling 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 shoe, shoe. <laughs> was stribbling his middle name yeah 
yeah. we, we're creative in West Virginia, I guess. I think Erasmus is cooler than Trout. Mm. But oh yeah, I wish he went by that. I wish he went by that because it's kind of like a, it's almost like Alistair, like right from like Harry Potter. It's distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he was born in Mossy Creek in Fayette County and was a blacksmith who followed in his father's footsteps. Mm. His father, Jacob Shrew, moved them to Droop Mountain, which borders Greenbrier County. Zona found herself smitten with trout. (laughs) (laughs) He had a good job and made a name for himself and was more than just a one night stand. Um, But trout had baggage himself, which are we surprised? No, we are not surprised. (laughs) So much baggage for everybody. Yeah. For instance, he was almost a decade older than her and had also been married before to 16-year-old Lucy Ann Tritt, mm. who died six months after they were married due to mysterious circumstances. Oh, he did it. Oh, yeah. Apparently, what had happened was while Trout was working on a chimney, he dropped a brick, which landed on her head. Oof. She died January 11th in, 1885, in 1985. This is my birthday. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. People don't do masonry on chimneys when you live in a mountain in West Virginia during the coldest part of the winter. Yeah, I um, I, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Because I'm used to having a summer birthday, but no, yeah. here it's winter. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Land down under. <laughs> he got married again to Allie McMillan. McMillian. I, always, I keep saying McMillian? McMillian. Yeah, I keep saying McMillian, but it's McMillian. Like... One million dollars. Yeah. Okay. But it's like McDonald's Mc- million. Mc- McMillian. <laughs> the new McMillian burger. Yeah. Which apparently there are still McMillions in West Virginia today. Huh. I didn't I didn't add that in here, but it was oh, no. like a whole that, thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um they had a child together two years later named Gerda Lucretia Shoe. Lucretia. <laughs> the names they're just hitting. I don't in. I don't I don't hate it, but no. like it's Lucretia. Like, yeah, Lu- Lucretia. Um, uh, they lived in Allie's hometown, Falling Springs, in Greenbrier County, which is the same town Zona visited her cousins in. Mm. Apparently, Trout used to rough up Allie, and it got so bad, some of the boys in town yanked Trout out of bed and threw him into the frozen Greenbrier River as a warning to stop messing with her. Apparently, later, he ran out on Allie and their child. Mm. He had also stolen a horse previously, too, so basically, he's an ex-con, a wife beater, and a horse thief perfect husband material so zona's mother took an instant dislike of trout and did not trust him she thought he was a devil himself and of course yeah (laughs) this did not dissuade zona which i'm sure you know we love a bad boy yeah it's kind of like when your parents say not to do something and then you want to do it even more (laughs) yeah which kayla knows nothing about but kaylin does you were the good child who did nothing wrong. Yeah, but I wanted to be the bad child. I was just scared. Oh, it's yeah. all about respecting my family. If you don't respect I mean, in your I respect elders. respect my family. But well, like, yeah. tell me not to do something. I'm going to do it. Also, your family wouldn't just like beat you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not picking up my own switches. I got a wooden spoon yeah. once or twice. Yeah, we would pick out our own Had switches. That was suck on some soap another time. Yeah. Most of the time it was self-inflicted. I wish it was so for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, they were married in November of 1896. Mm. They moved to Livesay's Mill. Wait, so what happened to Allie? He left her, remember? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, They moved to Liv... 
Livses? Mill? I can never pronounce it. Livses. It's like L-I-V-E-S-A-Y-S. Livses. Livses? Livses. Yeah, it's like live and then says. Hmm. Livses. I don't know. Uh, Mill, which was closer to her family and came off as a loving husband and a doting wife. Hmm. But soon after the New Year, Zona became sick. And uh, yeah, so it was just like... (laughs) It's a doting wife. And then she got sick. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone got sick. Yeah. Um, she was looked after by Dr. George W. Knapp. There were rumors that Zona was pregnant again so soon. And that's why she was sick and also mm. married so fast, though. So the legend goes that in January 22nd, 1897, Trout had stopped by 11-year-old Anderson Jones' house to ask his mom, Aunt Martha, who was really respected in town. And that's what the people in town called her. Mm to check on Zona while he was at work because she was sick. Mm. So Aunt Martha said Anderson was busy that day, but he would stop by afterwards to check on her. Trout showed up several times through the day, agitated that he hadn't stopped by yet. After Mm. lunchtime, Anderson's family made it to the Shrew's house and knocked on the door and didn't receive an answer. Mm. He cracked the door and called out for her, and still there was no answer. So he let himself inside, and at the foot of the stairs was Zona lying stretched out with her feet together, one hand on her stomach and the other lying next to her. Mm. Her head was turned to the side, and her eyes were wide open staring. Mm. He ran home through the field, screaming his head off. His mom heard him and ran to him. Together, they told Trout and then went to grab Dr. Knapp. When Dr. Knapp arrived at the home, though, Trout was upstairs in the bedroom cradling her head and was inconsolable Mm. so after finding her body trout had dressed her in really nice old-fashioned dress with a high stiff collar and a veil over her face with a scarf around her neck which he said was her favorite Mm. dr knapp examined her body for signs of life finding none and said her death was due to everlasting faint which agitated trout in his grief-stricken state for some reason okay but later, the doctor changed it to childbirth. Oh, so she was in labor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it, it, it. I explain it a little more later. Okay. I had to go through certain articles and kind of piece a lot of stuff together. Okay. Um, unfortunately, most of the records due to the trial were lost in a fire at the court that happened later. Because, <laughs> mm. of course, it did. Yes. <laughs> However, the story was How printed. Convenient. Right. However, the story was printed in the newspaper, and since there wasn't a lot of information at the time, the readers filled in the gaps about what they think happened, so a lot of colorful stories were just circulating. Mm. But unfortunately, in 1910, Anderson gave a few interviews, and they did not match up with Trout's stories. Surprise, surprise. No. Anderson said that Trout came by four times that day to see if he checked on Zona while Trout said he only came by once at 11 a.m. Since Anderson wasn't home when Trout came by, there really wasn't any proof that he did come by that often. Mm. But here's how Anderson described finding the body. And this is directly from the like transcripts, basically. Yeah. Going to the house, I felt that something was wrong. All of the doors were locked and there was an air about the place I did not like. Reaching the steps, I saw a trail of blood. That scared me. But I went to the door and knocked. No one answered. I tried and finding the door unlocked, walked into the kitchen. The trail of blood continued across the floor to the dining room. This door, too, was closed. Once more, I knocked and getting no answer, walked in. I stumbled over Mrs. Shoe's body. There she was, stretched out on the floor, looking right up at me through wide open eyes. Mm. She seemed to be laughing. I was frightened, but still able to reach down and shake her. 
She was stiff and cold. Running from the house, I called across the field to Aunt Martha. Mrs. Shoe is dead. As she ran to the house, I went down the road for Mr. Shoe, finding him at the blacksmith shop with Charles Tapscott. When I told him what I had found, he let out a yell and with Mr. Tapscott started for the house. I continued on to get Dr. Knapp. So it's a little different from the legend. The legend says that him and Aunt Martha went Mm. to find them together. But from Anderson's story, from his interview, his mom went on to the house beforehand. Yeah. And he went on to get other people. So it was hard to understand why the cause of death wouldn't be that she just fell down the stairs if that's where she was found. Mm. Well, that's because she actually was found in the dining room and the stairs were on the other side through a closed door. It was strange because Trout was suddenly in his third marriage and Zona, who only a couple of months later became ill, an illness no one wants to talk about, and three weeks later is found at the end of the trail of blood and is dead. And right. the, and the death is labeled childbirth, which is basically a miscarriage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Anderson says he alerts his mother and she takes off for the house as he grabs the doctor. So Aunt Martha was there already when Trout gets there, which means he didn't do anything to the body unseen. Mm. And when the doctor gets there, he moved her body upstairs and hadn't changed her clothes yet. He helped the others dress her and picked out her wedding dress, which is probably the nice high neck dress described. Right. Would have been the nicest dress that she had at the time. Right. However, Trout did keep her head in his hands um, as she was being examined, which really wasn't uncommon back then for a husband. Mm. It can be assumed that the ladies of the area or even Aunt Martha was the one that did the dressing. Mm-hmm. Dr. Knapp sent writers to tell Mr. and Mrs. Heaster of their daughter's death. Her body, along with her family and Trout, followed suit the next day. And the day after, the funeral arrived, and Trout was still out of his mind with grief and refused to leave her body during the wake, still cradling her head and putting a pillow to the side of her head to keep her comfortable. On the other side of her head, he had a sheet for the same purpose. At times, Trout leapt up and paced the room, showing energetic signs opposed to his grief, which made other mourners suspicious. While being taken to the cemetery, mourners noticed her head flopping around more than someone would expect. Mm. So Zona was buried in the grave of Seoul Methodist Church in an unmarked grave until like 1979. So it took almost a hundred. Oh. Yeah, it took almost a hundred years for them to put a grave marker for one of the most famous people buried there. Isn't that insane? Yes. So Zona's mother, Mary Jane Heaster, wasn't just suspicious of Trout. She was convinced that he killed her daughter, saying the devil has killed her. Mm. by this time she was already aware of trout's reputation from her family and falling springs where her cousins and trout's ex-wife lived so basically it's not a mother's intuition it's a reason guess based on fact and rumor yep after the funeral mary jane took the sheet from the other side of zona's head and tried to return it to trout who refused it so she took it home mm-hmm She washed it by hand and was chilled to see that the basin turned blood red and a foul odor came off of it, of basically death. The sheet was stained pink, but the water ran clear finally, and she would have put it out of her imagination if she didn't think it was a sign. Right. So Mary Jane began to pray for for a sign every day that her daughter would return from death and tell her what happened. Her daughter finally appeared to her one night a few days later, and not as a wispy ghost, but as a real form cold to the touch Mm. for the next three nights zona appeared to her mother and told her what happened 
So what apparently Zona told her mother was that Trout returned home one night and was enraged that she hadn't cooked any meat with supper. In a blind rage, he reached out and closed his fingers over her throat and didn't just choke her, but crushed her windpipe in an Mm. iron grip, tearing and rupturing her ligaments before finally snapping her neck between the first and second vertebrae. After telling her mom, she made her way towards the door away from her mom for the last time. Zona turned her head completely backwards towards her mother to show her that her neck had been shattered. So staring like standing straight towards the door and then just her neck and her head like moving completely (laughs) behind her to be like, look, mom, it's shattered. (laughs) (laughs) See, mom? Yeah. I just I can't imagine being like my daughter is here in Mm. this form that is Mm. real and cold to the touch. It's her body. And then also her just like gruesomely turning her neck like oh. cracking all the way backwards this would be a cool show to like be, make <laughs> all i can think of is that anime like head tilt thing. oh yeah yeah <laughs> good god so that's the legend that mary jane heaster told in court mm. so building a case against trout was made easier by her brother and sister-in-law who knew trout and also knew their now neighbor his ex-wife mm. Allie was the main source for trout's background and it was no secret that Allie hated him When the news reached the people of Falling Springs, the paper described it as a coalition of people out to get vengeance. Along with her brother-in-law, Mary made her way to the county prosecutor, John Alfred Preston, begging him to open the case again and telling him about Zona visiting her. Mm. Now, we don't know if Preston believed her or not, but he was aware of the rumors circulating through the town. And after asking around, he made his way to speak to Dr. Knapp. So they did schedule an autopsy and Trout vigorously complained and they told him it was mandatory that he be there so he could go willingly or by court order. He said he knew he'd be arrested, but Trout said, but they will not be able to prove I did it. So Mm. this could this could be taken two ways. So the diabolical way, as in he covered his tracks or that they wouldn't find anything because he was truly innocent, which his relatives agreed with. Mm. I really make you think in this because, like, when a mob gets angry, I mean, they get angry. And, like, right. circulating through town and people in, like, newspapers and stuff, mm. I mean, they take a lot of, like, the rumors and everything. Yeah. And with a lot of the court records, like, not being around and stuff and because of the fire, I mean, we really don't know what happened. It's I really mean, easy to gather an angry mob and get people yeah. stirred up enough to become an angry mob. Of course. And... Does it look suspicious that his first wife died? Yeah. But yeah. what if and what if? I'm just trying to look at it from like all of the devil's angles. advocate. Yeah. yeah. What if it really was an accident? Mm. What if he didn't actually beat Allie, but he wasn't in love with her, got trapped in a relationship and left and she told everyone that he beat her? Mm. What if like he just happened to be a man who had like all of these unfortunate things happen to him. And I feel like it could be both ways from what I was seeing in most of the articles. Yeah. And I mean, just because, and how do I put this without, I am not excusing people who hit their spouses. Oh no. All I'm saying is just because someone, it's not always the case, but like someone can beat one spouse and then, find the love of their life and be perfectly happy and and not do it it's very rare yeah but like i mean there are people who you get with and they bring out your worst side right 
I mean, we've all... So maybe she hit him back. Like, maybe they both were just toxic for each other. Yeah. I know a couple people, I'm not going to say who, but I know a couple of people in my life that are good people, but Mm. when they're with somebody that was toxic for them, they Mm. also became toxic. Mm. And now that they're not with them anymore, they're some of the best people I know. Right. So it's like... I mean, it's it's a thing, honestly. Mm. Um, but I just think it's interesting that I was finding some articles that were like, well, we could question it. And then other articles that was like, he was a murderer. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's I feel like it's good to question things. Yes. More than a month after her death on March 9th, they dug up Zona's body and brought it to the Nickel schoolhouse, which is weird because like, why would they bring it to a schoolhouse? Because the schoolhouse was the church. It was the schoolhouse. Oh. It was the court it was the meeting place like town hall i didn't know that like the schoolhouse was often like the (laughs) catch-all nicest building in town like other than like a saloon or whatever like especially in like smaller yeah communities yeah so they would use it for multiple different things i actually didn't know that that's that's actually kind of cool um trout whittled while dr knapp performed his autopsy which is strange (laughs) Why would he be whittling? Well, yeah, but. keep your hands busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the earliest form of fidget spinners. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the body was said to be in great condition as the winter kept it colder. Mm. They examined her abdomen for poison and then checked other, other vital organs of the chest and stomach. Anderson did accompany the autopsy, and this is how he described it. Dr. Knapp was working around Mrs. Shue's head. Hang I guess- on a minute. They had him present for the autopsy? Who? The husband? Yeah. Could you imagine they said, having to sit in on the autopsy of yeah. your significant other? I yeah. could not watch someone cut him up. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, because they were like, he was whittling. And I'm like, I... Because he probably didn't want to look. Yeah. I was like, he probably didn't want to be like staring at her body. You know like, what I mean? Oh, wow. Oh, that's that's a liver. Oh, interesting. Like, right. Ugh, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they're they're like, he's, he's exhibiting strange behavior. And I'm like, people exhibit strange behavior and grief like yeah. all the time. Like how they were saying that he was getting up and like pacing around the right. room, like during the funeral and stuff. I'm like, not like wild stuff, like during the wake and everything. Right. Like, he's grieving. He's grieving. Like you know, they were like, he was emitting like a lot of energy. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I don't think I could <laughs> The man had still. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> And bad luck. <laughs> and bad luck. <laughs> do not oh, do what we all. <laughs> oh. That's what I'm saying. No, okay. So Anderson, the eleven year old boy, um, accompanied the autopsy, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of people there. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people at this autopsy. It was crazy. So they were basically just like slap well, her body. Like, yeah, mm. just like on a school desk, I guess. <laughs> and they were like, let's perform this autopsy, man. No, on the teacher's desk. <laughs> on the teacher. <laughs> that's so gross <laughs> oh. but anderson the 11 year old boy like i said was uh, was there and this is how he described it dr knapp was working around mrs shu's head i could see she was getting more nervous his whittling was not so good <laughs> they're just like roasting him <laughs> <laughs> they're just like this woman is getting cut open also he was not very good at whittling he's not talented <laughs> focusing on the real important things here yes suddenly the doctor turned to mr preston they whispered together for a few minutes. Then Mr. Preston turned to Shu and said, Well, Shu, we have found your wife's neck to be broken. Shu's head dropped. A change came over him that I can't explain, but it certainly proved his guilt to me. The Pocahontas Times reported that on the throat were marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked, that the neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae, the ligaments were torn and ruptured, the windpipe had been crushed at a point in the front of the neck. So it's weird because... 
how would the mom know this unless she saw it at the funeral maybe or Mm. maybe she was like no one's gonna believe me plus he was by the body a lot so i couldn't really look at it like Mm. i was trying to logically think of like how did she know other than like you know what i mean like right like it's just strange so trout was arrested on their way to jail of sheriff bill nickel um this is funny they passed trout's house and the whole party stopped and had a giant breakfast before continuing to the jail where trout was held for the first degree murder of his wife zona stopped to have quick quick little cheeky brunch and they slapped her body on the teacher's desk or i don't know maybe moved a couple of desks together did and they take the body with them to have breakfast you know i don't know you know actually so this is 1830s 1897 1897 so it's like, so like victorian times so like uh, yeah a little bit like past it yeah but like in those days they just had a different mindset towards death Often they would lie the body out in the family home. Yeah. For, you know, the week leading up to the funeral. People could visit with the body. Like, Well, also being interested in photography, I've learned a lot of the history right. of it. They used to set dead bodies up. Right. And, like, prop them up for photos. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Um, which is modern photography. Did you... I don't know if you want to hear this, but the moms would sit... Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah we're yeah, not going to yeah. say that. We can cut that out. No. No, no, no. I... I'm quite fascinated by death rituals and death practices mm-hmm. and, and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've looked into great detail of like the postmodern photography, like where people would have like the family photo. There's actually a, um, there's a series. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but he is a photographer and I, I don't know if he's like a death photographer or if he's just not getting money doing the regular photography. So he does the photos. And I feel like he's also like they solve the murders of the people that they take the photos of or something. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a while since I've seen it. But like, yeah, I've always been, you know, the woman in black. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's in there as well. Is Some it? like death photography. Maybe. I think so. Um. But it's just, it's always been really fascinating to yeah. me. I don't think it's, like, people keeping, like, mementums, like, lockets with, like, their loved one's yeah. hair and, the, like, that sort of stuff. It's yeah. Just, it's I think it's interesting that we become attached to the husk of that person. Yeah. Like, they're, it's not them anymore. And I think it's interesting how we become attached to them. I always, I always wondered why. I was always confused at funerals when I was a kid and, like, growing up and stuff. And I just didn't understand because I'd be like, well, they're not in there anymore yeah i I, suppose humans are very sentimental creatures yeah and so i suppose you know the memories that you have of that person are of their mortal shell i don't know like their physical self yeah like you know our souls know each other but Mm -hmm. like our our bodies like our you know um practical self i guess yeah i guess know the physical being of things so i think that's where that kind of comes into I'd like to learn more about the science behind it and, like, what our brains go through when we, like, see somebody that we love that is dead and stuff. Like, I, th- I think I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a little bit morbid, but yeah, I, I, I personally don't think that it's that morbid. I feel like we've gone from a society of kind of not celebrating death, but, like, treating death as, okay, they've moved on to this next state, whatever you believe in. Like, they've yeah. moved on to this next part of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and keeping the body in the home and like cleaning and washing and doing all that yourself mm-hmm. to 
we'll just hand them to this stranger to take care of this person that's taking care of us in our life or that we've taken care of while they were alive because right. it's scary now and yucky and I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, that is strange. Anyway, I could do a whole episode on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. postmortem think, stuff and I think we and, should because I would yeah. love to learn more, truly. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to note that his attorney, Charles' attorney, William Rucker, was mm-hmm. the first black attorney in Greenbrier at the time. Oh. People hated that he was black. And also, yeah, also that he was an attorney so that it it didn't really help his case. Mm. Um, People of the town basically already found him guilty before the judge ever saw him. Mm. Do you think that's what did they assign him the attorney or did Trout? He hired him. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So while he was awaiting trial, Trout told another inmate he didn't think his case was going to hold up in court, and mm. he hoped to be released soon and wanted to eventually be married seven times. I, I guess. I had a dream. I I, a dream. <laughs> there was one article that I saw that was like, Trout is many things, but he's a man who can't shut his mouth. Like It was like something <laughs> like that. I thought it was funny. But it's very back and forth. It's very like, man, I don't really think he could have really done it maybe yeah. he was just bad luck and then another time i'm like ah, trout see like, i mean when his neck was broken her neck was broken she could have fell down the stairs she fell on the bottom of the stairs no she was like, she's in the dining room when they say at the bottom of the stairs yeah that oh, was the, the legend the, the legend was yeah it was okay because mm-hmm. i was like you know you break your neck if you fall down the stairs but you don't yeah. crush your neck yeah and there's no finger marks <laughs> if you fall down the stairs right so i'm like i wonder if somebody else killed her Mm. and he was like they're gonna blame me so that's why he was cradling her neck or something Mm. i mean that's the only way i can think to like get out of it or whatever like to to not put the blame on him yeah but it's it's not looking too good See, here's the thing though pearl brian Mm -hmm. it was automatically oh he did it he guilty throw him away lock him up Mm -hmm. whatever uh bessie little same mm-hmm. thing this yeah. guy at first i was like mm, okay the husband yeah. like wife beater but now I, I don't have that feeling that i did with yeah. those other two cases that were quite similar it makes you pause like you take a step forward you're like yeah and then you take a step back you're like maybe not mm-hmm. like it's just like back and yeah. forth like it's like wait this is some weird circumstances right so I guess during the trial, the prosecutor made sure that the rumors got into court. Mm. Um, he let several people give their testimonies about how Trout wouldn't let anyone near the body during the wake and funeral. And after how he seemed that all his grief had just gone away. Which, again, people grieve in different ways. I'm not going right. to lie. I mean, they really right. do. So Preston didn't need to put Mary Jane Heaster on the stand as everyone already knew her ghost stories. The mm. prosecutor. So the defense basically tried to come up with other theories about the broken neck. For example, the typical jostling of the body during the redressing, putting her in a coffin and carried over 15 miles across frozen yeah. roads. But again, where is finger marks. the finger marks? Yeah. Mm. Rucker put Mary Jane Heaster on the stand to try to poke holes in her story. Mary Jane replied with her being a good, God-fearing Christian, which she just loves to say, mm. <laughs> um, that she was not superstitious, that she was not a superstitious woman and Zona's appearance was not a dream. This is according to the Greenbrier Independent, which was a newspaper they printed the entire transcript, which was very unheard of at the time. Right. So it read, question, I have heard that you had some dream or vision which led to this postmortem examination. Answer, they saw enough themselves without me telling them. It was no dream. She came back and told me that he was mad that she didn't have no meat cooked for supper. 
Now, the defense apparently attacked Mary Jane mercilessly, but that backfired as she responded with dignity and stuck to her story. Mm. She believed in the power of a mother's intuition and that the ghost of a murdered girl could appear to her mother was absolutely believable. Mm. And most of all, when a wife is killed, the most natural suspect is the husband. Right. Which it is, but I mean, not always, which really sucks. Mm. I mean, I know it's always like you always suspect the spouse, but it's like sometimes it's not, you know? Right. But again, I just I have such a hard time being like, yes, he did it or no, he didn't. Like, I don't have a firm yes or no. There's this case right now going on. I don't know if you've seen it. It's been on my TikTok a couple of times. No. This guy was on Family Feud. And the question was like, um, like, what's one thing, uh, you know, you regret about your wedding day or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And this guy is like saying, I do. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Like, I love you. Like, obviously, I don't regret it. Blah, 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 blah. Turns out he like just recently killed his wife. Oh, my God. They're like they were going through a separation period or something um and he murdered her oh my god and so it's like now this popping up that he said in on like literally live like on television like, yeah like nationwide television saying that he regretted saying i do that's terrifying right and then the guy um murdoch or murdoch or um killed his wife and his son uh in uh, i want to say alabama dang um it's it's real it's been super like televised he was like a lawyer where have i been these past couple weeks have been insane Mur it it looks like m-u-r-d-a-u-g-h so it's like murder 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 anyway murder, i don't know how to yeah. pronounce it he was a lawyer or someone and uh killed his wife and his kid dang yeah that's insane. so yeah i mean the spouse often yeah that's true <laughs> she was on the stand all of tuesday afternoon this is testimony quoted in the green briar mm. briar independent mm -hmm. um she was on the stand all tuesday afternoon he was given free reign and talked at great length was very minute in particular in describing unimportant incidents denied mm. pretty much everything said by other witnesses said the prosecution was all spite work which it sounded like it was mm. um entire entered a positive denial of charge against him vehemently protested his innocence calling god to witness mm. admitted that he had served a term in the pen declared that he dearly loved his wife and appealed to the jury to look into his face and then say if he was guilty his testimony manner etc made an unfavorable impression on the spectators mm. so this is what's crazy the jury took less than an hour to reach the guilty verdict trout told interviewers earlier very confidently that they couldn't say he was guilty because there was no evidence but people thought that that made him look even more suspicious mm. trout was sentenced to life in prison which almost never took place because an angry mob was forming to lynch trout because right. they they thought the court had failed them so they were going to carry out the hanging themselves however the sheriff was able to turn them around but not before a couple of people in the crowd were arrested for their attempt in the life of trout mm. as for trout he was sent to west virginia state prison where three years later he fell victim to the epidemic that fell through the cell block mm. and that is the end of trout <laughs> and zona heaster did you say that there was something like a hundred years later in 1979 or something yeah that they put a headstone up oh for her. that's right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
which is like crazy that is so crazy that she was just unmarked i mean i i don't know if it was common back then but i also don't know if it wasn't well i think that it costs a lot of money to put a oh that's headstone headstone on some like often you'll just see like a plaque yeah plaque plaque i don't know how that word is pronounced plaque um instead of like an actual full-on headstone yeah but yeah i don't know i i can't say for sure if he is guilty or not there's some weird things he's done but like it's weird for us because we're normally just like yuck they did throw him out like yeah he i I don't have that feeling i i kind of think even if he did murder his first wife i don't know like i kind of have a feeling that he really did like so, Maybe uh, there was a hole in the chimney and it was like making things worse and they were going like yeah. maybe. Yeah. Something. I mean, there, I mean, again, I think that like it is weird that yeah. you would be breaking up your chimney, like fixing your chimney. Yeah. In January. I wonder if he's just has like really bad luck and he just keeps like, they're going to blame me. So I need to come up with excuses or something. And like, it makes you look more guilty or something. <laughs> but he was doing his own like hundred baby challenge. Like, <laughs> 10 wife challenge yes. kind of situation though. that was a bit odd yes yeah i don't know i don't know i would like to hear what you guys think though like do you think that he murdered her are we just being really soft on this one we could be like, i just i just had a weird it's been feeling. a while since we've done like a it's been a, a while killing <laughs> a murder yeah so maybe we are just like true crime senses are off i maybe and this whole month has been insane for us so like maybe we're just like give them a break guys give everyone a break everybody needs a break everyone needs a break (laughs) but we would love to hear guys' thoughts please like email us at ghostypodcast at outlook.com yeah (laughs) was that right uh yeah yeah ghost (laughs) underscore no ghost t at outlook no ghost ghost podcast at outlook.com that's ghost what I podcast yeah but that's i think I it's underscored i think it's one word yeah that's yeah, what I thought. yeah 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 because yeah. <laughs> some of our logins or like our instagram is yeah. ghost underscore podcast yeah <laughs> shameless plug yeah <laughs> <laughs> not shameless plug because this is literally our show <laughs> true we are sponsored yeah. technically we're sponsored by <laughs> we ourselves sponsor ourselves because yeah. it's the only way we pay for it <laughs> Um, we will see you guys uh, next week. And yes. I hope you've had a great day, night, morning, whatever. Where Drive to work, listen? home from work. Whatever Hi, Bree. Hi, Leo. My Aww. friend Bree's been listening to it. Oh, I'm and, so happy. And that's that's my, my, my best friend and her, yeah. her, gob, my her godson. adorable baby. Yeah. yeah. I remember them. I get so many cute videos. <laughs> He's getting so big. You know who has a cute kid? Emily. Emily. Emily has the cutest kid. Xavier is adorable. Xavier is adorable. He has so much hair. He has more so hair than I do. Cute. This is just a baby he does, podcast yeah. now. He's yeah. <laughs> it's just the Xavier <laughs> and we're, Leo we're, podcast. We're collecting babies. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> I mean like our friends are having babies yeah. and we're just amassing all of the god children. Yeah. <laughs> You're like we're collecting yeah. babies. I'm like, That's creepy. <laughs> We are not collecting babies. We are not. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us again, guys. Hope Bye, guys. Night. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ghost Tea Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghost tea podcast or on Instagram at ghost tea underscore podcast. 
That's G-H-O-S-T-E-A underscore podcast. You can also find us on YouTube by searching Ghosty Podcast. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or just want to say hi, you can email us at ghostypodcast at outlook.com.